Hello, this is the Talk of the Town. Today is Tuesday the 28th. I am just in between things right now. Um, I rode my bike to Pilates. Well, first, this is what I do now. I wake up and I go onto my computer and I go to my graduate coursework and I do none of it. I look at I look at the questions, then I check social media, then I open the book. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And then I cut and paste like part of the question into a document. If I were to buckle down, I'd be down by now. But instead, I'm doing this like snail's pace where I'm, you know, answering one question every like four hours. Ugh, so bad. It's so bad. So <clears throat> all you teacher haters out there, um, uh, why, why am I taking graduate coursework, you wonder? Well, it is the only way that we can get raises, okay? So my graduate coursework costs $1,200, and $1,200 will be added to my base salary. So that is $100 a month. That is $50 a check before taxes. So uh, I know we're so overpaid. We're just getting so rich, all these greedy people, all these greedy teachers. Um, I, you know, I love being a teacher. I just, I'm experiencing a lot of anti-teacher sentiment right now. And people are just putting any piece of garbage up on Facebook. Like, so this lady in town here, I, I don't even seek it out. It just like pops up on your feed. She's got a picture of like 20 complete like derelicts. And there's like little white X's in the corner. And she's like, 16 of these 20 Antifa demonstrators are our teachers. And you just look at that and you're like, no way, you know? And also like, what's your point? You know, what are you trying to say here that like teachers are Antifa and uh, newsflash, it's okay to be anti-fascism, first of all. And second of all, this Antifa thing is just another like glorified word. You know what I mean? It's just it's just demonstrators. Okay, I don't want to turn you guys off because I know you come on here for, for levity. Um, so what I came on here originally to talk about, but then Ray was rude and I had to start over, um, was this. Today, I got back from Pilates and I was going to make some lunch. And so I was going to go tell Wolfie, you know, what do you want for lunch or whatever. And I could hear that he was in the shower and also he was listening to the radio. So two things. First of all, it was the romantic song. I hear the secret that you keep when you're talking in your sleep. Because if you ever saw that video, you would see that that dude had a speech impediment. You know what I mean? You could see his tongue come out. So we were having some laughs about that because that's something that Ray and I both noticed. As I've mentioned before, Ray and I connect a lot on music and like humor and surrounding music and just like times of life with music and people that listen to music, you know? And I said to Ray, I said, did you have a radio in the bathroom when you were growing up? And, or did you listen to music when you were getting ready? And he said, no, because his parents would never have been cool enough to have a radio in the bathroom. And I can say with 100% certainty, we've always had a radio in the bathroom growing up and radio is everywhere. Big radio family. And, um, the, radio that we had in the upstairs bathroom it was like am fm and then you could get tv channels so you could listen to all my children 
like if you were in the shower or maybe you would try to time it in such a way where you would be like drying off and stuff you know during the during the noon hour um as I said before my sister and I you know we would bring I did whatever Bridget did and so she would bring all her clothes into the bathroom you know underpants bra everything so I would do that too so you'd be in there for a while you take your shower and you know like the the water pressure I'm sure was terrible so you you know it would take you like five hours to rinse your hair it was an upstairs bathroom we only had one shower and it was like a tub and the sink looked out a window so it's since been I don't know, you know what it's still like that I think so yeah um so you know how normally when you're brushing your teeth you look at yourself in the mirror you'd be looking out the window which I, it was kind of nice really but the medicine cabinet was behind you um and we had two towels and they were like mauve with bleach spots and holes and they were always wet so that's that's what we did so you would listen to the radio in the bathroom and there was a little like shaving mirror. And so I, I, we would put our makeup on in our room though. So you, maybe you would like floss or, you know, look at yourself. So you would listen to all my children. You'd emerge all like dewy because you're, you know, your clothes were now all waterlogged and then you would go on with your day. And my dad would always have a transistor radio like in his pocket when he was doing like a painting project or something and he and you know how people have their concentration faces his would be like kind of like to suck his teeth a little bit he'd be like and he'd be like painting something you know um so it's funny how like radios and music will just like take you back to a period in time and also because of that romantic song I was you know I was transported like to the 80s and I said that even though my parents were the last people to get a VHS player, and I mean, we didn't get cable until I probably I was in college. I'm not even kidding. And which is surprising because my dad loves TV. Um, my mom, did, you know, I don't even think she knows how to turn it on, to be honest with you. Maybe the kitchen TV she knows how to turn on because it's like, you know, one button and it's like a little tube TV. But um, so we were not the first people we were the last people to get like a top loading VHS. And then we had such a big microwave and my parents would always like hand me down some lame thing that was like, you know, basically garbage level thing. And they'd be like, we're giving you the microwave. And if, and it's funny, like they would, they would sell it in such a way where you'd be like, oh my gosh, awesome microwave. And my microwave was so big that people did not know what it was. And they would be like, is this an oven? Is this a TV? What is this? And um, I would tell them, it's a microwave. And you can close that, Wolfie. Okay. It's a microwave. I'm killing flies with this, with this water here when I'm talking to you. Ew, gross. And this same thing, it had, it had like a, a latch. And it said it was called the Posse Latch. P-O-S-I Latch. So then when, you know, when you brought your gigantic microwave to like wherever you were living or you tell, tell your roommate, you know, you're like, oh, you don't need to bring a microwave. I have one. And then they would look at it and they'd be like, wow. But see, here I am like busting on it. You know, it's not like they had a microwave to contribute. I don't think, you know, and then I had my CD player that I would like attach to my boom box, you know, like a really like ghetto rigged system. And then somewhere along the line, you start making a little bit of money and you're like, you know what? 
I'm going to buy my own boombox and things start to be a little more normal. And then you get a credit card and then you get even nicer things and then you have credit card debt. So maybe my parents were onto something with their, you know, uh, oven sized microwave oven with their TV sized microwave oven. So, um, oh yeah. And then Ray said, did you have on TV? And I'm like, I don't know if I did or not. So Ray is nine, eight and a half years older than me. And so there's a lot of things in life and he really like embraces his oldness and it's, it's annoying. Um, where he'll be like, Oh, in my day, and um, on TV is one of those things. All I can really remember is when people started getting cable, you could watch rated R movies, which was a, you know, a conflict for me because I had never seen a rated R movie. And now here I am getting you know, bombarded with Night Shift and Caddyshack and you know, whatever, and all the you know, soft pornography my grandma would make me watch. Um, so that is about it for today. Just hurrying up, getting all this end of summer kind of like fun in. Um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful day. Isn't it funny at the end of summer, you kind of start taking for granted, like the good weather and you're like, Oh, I hope it rains. So I don't have to water my plants. Um, it does not look like rain though right now. I will try and check in with you a little later and give you a little more content for your listening pleasure. Okay. Bye. Hello, everybody. It's me again. So I'm just going to round out this podcast here with a couple of thoughts. So um, my friend from growing up, Amy C., we'll call her, is in town. And it's funny how like even a relationship from high school, it has like some of the same feelings play out like in our adult lives, you know. And so in my life, Amy was my friend, is my friend, you know, totally like in high school and in college. And then we kind of like fell out a little bit, but now as adults, we're, you know, when she comes into town, she'll want to get together. And I know that I'll be bad with her, you know? And so in a way you're kind of like almost reserving like the next day for nothing. You're like, well, I'm going to be, I'm probably going to, you know, party and have like eight zillion laughs and stay out super late. Um, so then you have to weigh that like as an adult, you're like, is it worth it? What kind of person am I now? Do I, so do I still do that? And, and I guess I feel like when the opportunity to have fun and see an old friend comes up that you should embrace that, you know, <laughs> but then I'm driving over to go pick up Greta cause I'm picking her up from an appointment right now. And I see this girl pushing a bike and she's carrying two bikes and she's like, a, like maybe like 13 or 14. And I, all I could think was like, that was me back in high school. Like your friend would leave your bike. You'd be like, you can't leave your bike, you know? And then you'd end up carrying the bike home, you know, (laughs) always doing the right thing. Hi. Hi. Okay. I'll get back to you. Bye. Good morning, everybody. Just trying to add a little bit to this podcast. I like for them to be about 15, 20 minutes. It is Wednesday, the 29th. Um, it's 940 AM. I'm doing graduate school work, which means I'm massively procrastinating. I have a lot of beverages. I have a calendar. Um, you know, I'm on my phone like every two seconds. So, uh, I'm taking a little break. What? Okay. Dang it. I was just going to get on here about something and now I can't remember what it was.
I'm thinking. Okay, well, two things. One thing is um, something that is making me not like full on crazy, but you're like that that it ha- is a thing for me is I have a lot of friends who are like in the business of like some kind of service, you know, and I would say like art is no different and I'm getting better about it. And what I'm getting better about is just like, say the price, you know? So, um, I have worked in barter with a couple of people and that always works out great. Cause you're like, this is what it costs. And I'm like, how about this? How about that? And they're like, okay, cool. Um, and then I want to use some of my other friends for like, you know, their services. And then there comes this kind of like awkward moment. You're like, well, what does it cost? And not in barter. I mean, like, I want to I want to pay you for your services. And they'll be like, I don't know, like it's friends pricing. And then you'll get some like insane, insanely low number. You know, when, when the job is done, they're like, I don't know, how about a dollar? And you're like, uh, come on. You know, so then then... You're like, well, obviously I'm going to tip awesome, but like if, if it should have cost $100, do you tip $100? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, So I get very like hung up in that. As you guys know, my sister and I, we don't know what anything costs um, because our parents never taught us or never spoke of money because that's not what you do. But also whatever it costs, it's too much. You know, so then when you go to a restaurant, you're like, I don't know. Is it okay to get something that is twenty dollars, or should I get something that is fourteen dollars? You know, um, uh, you might say, Heidi, you're forty six years old. You should be able to figure these things out. And I am. I mean, I'm trying. I try to be transparent in all my transactions. You know, but you know, sometimes you you're you don't you don't know, or you've started to have the conversation. And the person's like, eh, you know, and they, and then they're not like responding in a, you know, with like, oh, just answer, just answer the question, you know? <sighs> so anyways, um, as we wind out these last days of summer, it's always kind of like what thing, what things have I left undone? But I will say, because basically we've been home since March, uh, a lot, a lot has been done. So Greta made a podcast for her WLTL class the other day, and then Ray was talking a little bit on it, and Ray likes to be um, as slow-talking and boring as possible when he is on other people's podcasts. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, And first of all, his segment goes on for like probably nine minutes, and he's like, oh, well, um, early in the break, I was making turkey breasts and I I uh I mean you're just like oh my god dude so but him saying those things you're like that was forever ago in March you know guys we you know there was a couple of things like Ray made these like ginger molasses like like soft ginger snaps every day delicious um and you know meals were a big deal because like that's what you were doing where now I'm like I don't know let's have a peanut butter and jelly luckily Ray does a lot of the cooking, so that works itself out. I sure do wish I could remember what I was going to tell you. I don't think it was that important, but, you know, let me let me just cut it off here, and I'll come back in a minute. Okay, I remembered. You know, when you stand up and you walk around, you remember. Um, this is what it was. So I went into the kitchen to get something to eat, because I'm procrastinating, and um, I saw these eggs. So Wolfgang is in a band, 
And one of the kids in his band is this guy named Tate, who's a total character. I've talked about him before. He's the bassist. He doesn't wear shoes. He's got long hair. And I enjoy him so much as an adult. And I feel like in a privileged position as a teacher where I can talk to kids so naturally because I just do. And I think also having worked at Proviso, um, you know, I can talk to all kinds of people because, well, first of all, I'm a good talker. But second of all, I have experience now with, you know, people other than just like white people from my neighborhood. But Tate is white, just if you're wondering. So Tate is going to school for homesteading and he has chickens in his yard and you know he's like into composting and all these things so I you know obviously I would want him to be my boyfriend back in the day but he gave us five eggs and Ray will not let us eat these eggs you know he's like saving them you know and I am from the school of what what are you saving it for let's go you know and so the other day I'm like, I'm going to, uh, let's have these eggs. And there's five of them. And I know Greta won't care. And so he's like, well, just make one. So then, then we're down to three eggs. Like, don't make, you know, one for each of us. And then yesterday I'm like, going to eat another one of these eggs. And he's like, well, save them for the kids. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like how long are we going to like, am I going to look at these eggs on the countertop? But fun fact, the eggs will stay good on your countertop for two weeks it's when you refrigerate them that you like change that, you know, chemistry in them. So anyways, and then Ray was citing the episode of MASH. I don't know if you guys ever watch MASH. I remember this episode too, once he brought it up that, you know, the, the doctors from the MASH unit, like go into some town to help somebody out. And the Vietnamese person, or God, was it in South Vietnam? It's Korea, isn't it? Whatever, whatever it is a farmer like in thinks gives him gives them one egg and they're like so excited about this egg and they're like looking at it and whatever and then the dumb chef just the dumb cook just ends up like scrambling it up you know and they're like no um anyways that is the level of importance that these eggs have taken on in this house you know and then it makes me think of that um steely dan line the things you think are precious i just can't understand right the things you think are precious, you just can't understand. Oh, you be living the years, right? Um, so that's it. That was the thing I wanted to tell you was to talk about these eggs and how they're the last two will never be eaten because Ray is, you know, making them so incredibly precious. So, uh, guys, have a great day. Looks like it's going to be pretty out, and I'm going to go for a bike ride. You know, that's like what I like to do, and I think to myself. You know that Queen song, Bicycle. And I'm going to work in my studio. I'm going out with my friends Jojo and Dee Dee tonight. We're going to go to a fancy dinner somewhere up north. My friend Dee Dee lives up there now. And uh, that's going to be about it. Let's enjoy these last dog days. Stay safe, wear your masks, and uh, be nice to teachers. Okay, bye. Good morning, everybody. Um, We're going to have a little bit of Wolfgang's wokeness here in a second because... Sometimes I'll be having a conversation with Wolfie and he just like really blows my mind with his maturity and knowledge on a thing, you know, that he's even able to have a thought about a thing and then articulate it. So let me just back it up a little bit. I'm going to do a little like um, book review, but I'm still very early on in this book, so I can't talk about it that much because I haven't read it. But the book is called Quit Like a Woman and it's by Hillary Whitaker. 
And she, in this book, you know, I'm just at the beginning. She, she's my age. She recounts kind of like her relationship and experience with alcohol and what, what she's getting at kind of is that, you know, like alcohol is almost like the cigarettes of, of the, you know, back in the day, like the sixties, like where, why is it escaping the scrutiny of how damaging it really is? And that, alcohol is really like part of the patriarchy in terms of I mean the man is fooling you first of all because it's not good for you and yet it's been normalized in every faction of our lives you know like of course you have alcohol with this and and then even more so in recent history kind of this like rosé all day Sunday fun day culture which I've always raised my eyebrows at because I'm like well, you can't do that. You can't rosé all day. I mean, you can, but you're going to feel terrible. You know, like alcohol, I've always known this. Like alcohol is not harmless, okay? I'm, and I'm not saying I'm even quitting drinking. I'm just saying I'm I'm always open to learning. And the, the one of the first things that the woman says in the writing is alcohol has never done me any favors. And I mean, I, I was like, because I've said that a hundred times. You're like, why do you do it? Why do we do it to ourselves, you know? And so Wolfie's sitting here with me now, and he has, you know, for a while now, been like, I'm going to, like, he identifies with the straight edge movement. And so Wolfie, talk about that a little bit. And then if you can remember just all the good things you just said about missing out on good stuff because you're too busy doing bad stuff, you know? So go ahead. Yeah, so I don't do drugs or drink and uh my the what i was saying to mom is that like one of the reasons i decided to not do those things is i just was just imagining like people who uh are substituting like meaningful like things that things they'd basically re- like be doing otherwise with like drinking or smoking pot or something because when you use a drug you're kind of like you could be doing something else like you could be doing something better with your time you know there you there's always experiences that you could make to better yourself or make memories but instead people choose to like drink or do drugs which is always like dampening of the yeah dampening and like you said before it's like it never does you any favors you know i can't justify um even doing it in moderation because I know like it's just like I'd rather do something else you know I was telling mom I just I'm just imagining people who like their whole lives like starting as like teenagers like just drink to have fun and then like their whole life you're just drinking you're not really doing anything and I mean I'm not trying to bash people who drink here but I mean you could be doing (laughs) Alcohol, I feel like, never ex- uh, enhances good experiences. I feel like it only enhances like mundane experiences. I feel like if you actually want to have a like a unique or like good experience, that's something that you should experience sober. You know, I always I always think about playing music. Um, I watched this video essay by a New York jazz musician, and he says like. The one you he said like you could play like high or drunk, but you won't be able to appreciate the music as much, and you won't be able to. You won't be able to play as well, and I feel like that applies across the board. So, that's why I don't do those things. That's awesome. Thanks, Boo Boo. 
Um, you know, so just to build on that a little bit, I, I feel like I'm using the right word, but I, the woman in the book, the the what came up to what came through to me was that to not drink is truly like anti the man. It mm. is subversive. Is subversive the right word? I think so. Subversive behavior, and that is, I mean, Wolfie is so. <laughs> So not about the man, you know, and I am thinking about like when, when I have to about like being like fully present in an experience and like with with you, with your music making and stuff. And when grandpa is playing his bass in the orchestra, I mean, he would never like drink on top of it, you know, right. and sometimes even like when I'm having like a long like when, when I'm having like a long hangout with someone and there's drinking involved. I mean, that's like, you're like, that's a lot of hours that I just like sat here, you know, and like reduced my dopamine and serotonin in my brain. (laughs) And I'm glad that you recognize now, like you, well, maybe your, your age group is just more media savvy, like where, you know, we we were bombarded with like Newport Alive with Pleasure (laughs) and like Revenge of the Nerds, like, you know, people like, woo, party, you know, and like we were being sold a different Mm -hmm. Uh, um, not reality, but like fantasy of what these things would do for us. Do you think like in your generation or like in your lifetime, will, do you think people will, are drinking less, will drink less? And then like what part of like legalizing marijuana and all that, like how many people of those people are doing like that instead of drinking? Um, I don't know if people at my age are going to stop drinking and doing drugs in greater numbers. I mean, I have no reason to believe they, like, wouldn't. And I think, well, first of all, to I'll just address, like, your marijuana thing right away. No one who, no one who, no, no one really is stopped from doing like stop from smoking pot by laws like that's that's like studies have shown that the illegalization of marijuana doesn't keep people from smoking marijuana right it just it just basically incarcerates people for doing what they're going to do anyway which is why marijuana laws are stupid um but as far as like people my age not drinking or doing drugs um I don't know. I don't think. I don't. I don't think uh, large numbers of people my age are going to participate in that. I will say though, <clears throat> with uh, actually, like what you're talking about, my my age group being media savvy. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like there's less of a party culture, you know. Yeah. Like I feel like people are more interested in actually having good experiences than they are like partying yeah. or anything. Or at least your people. Yeah, my people. Well, yeah. Most of my people also don't do drugs. Yeah. Uh so I mean I feel like the party culture still that like it doesn't really exist. So like there's not maybe as much as abuse, but there's st- I mean people still like used or, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying. But that's really awesome. You know, we're so proud of you. You're such a good boy. I love you. 
Love you too, Mo. Okay. That's it for today's Wolfgang's Wokeness. Feel free to um, leave me a voice message for him to, you know, to blow your mind with his wokeness anytime. Mm -hmm. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye.